This podcast is brought to you by Policy Genius. And just so you know, it's one word and the G is lowercase. What else? Uh, they're not an insurance company, folks. They're a broker. They're a middleman. They're a bookie. Are they a bookie for insurance? Can you be that? I don't think that's legal. That's that's not a thing. Anyway, they're helping shoppers understand their options, compare quotes, and buy a policy all in one place. Anyway, it's your one-stop shop to shop and find and buy the insurance you need. Click the link in the description or head to policygenius.com. I love ad reads. I just got to say I love it. It's good, it's good to be back, you know? Because here's the thing. Policygenius.com is where you go. And you could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. A team of licensed experts. Experts, huh? What, what's, the, what's the qualification to be a Policy Genius expert? You must have killed several people. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what life is worth? Talk to the experts at Policy Genius who are going to help you understand the options and apply for the policy you choose. Uh, policy Genius works for you. Not the insurance companies. Holy shit. Did you know that? No. They don't work for them. They work for you. So you can trust them to offer unbiased. How about un- how hard is it to get unbiased advice? You don't get it. Policy Genius has got it for you, and they advocate for you every step until you covet. Maybe a new random golf club blanket. Coming soon, folks. Holy shit. Head to policygenius.com. You can spell Policy Genius, right? How do you spell it, Jojo? It's P-O-L-I-C-Y, lowercase g, E-N-I-U-S dot com. Getting the lowercase g is what we're all about because we play what? Lowercase golf. Get your free life insurance quotes from policygenius.com and see how much you could save. Man, it feels good to be back. Thanks, Policy Genius, for supporting the pod. I can't believe... This is the first time I'm welcoming Julie Ellion to the Eric Anders Lang show. I, I literally, when was, we, we, first of all, everybody, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. There's just I'll too, start. there's too much. You'll start. Okay. Start at the beginning. So I don't really remember where we met, but I always loved your energy, right? I, I had my eye on you. The thing, if we had a group of my girlfriends in this room, they'd say, Julie doesn't miss anything. And it's a curse and a blessing. But I've been watching you through your career in person and out forever and like reading your energy and who is that guy? And yeah, so I I kind of want to interview you, but I know that's not. We can, well, you're going to have a podcast soon and th- that's, that's the goal. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, energy is kind of all we are, right? Ju- and, and I mean, look, we can go on forever. I'll be on your podcast, which is soon. To, when is it coming out, Jojo? Within next three weeks. Okay. So we've got a, um, we've got a, a, a podcast that you're going to be hosting. I, I will, we'll save that for a little later. It's going to be the most educational experience anyone can have in the game of golf. You've taught me a lot. I think when we um, kind of go back in time, I mean, this is, um, this is a Jim Furyk's tour championship, right? Or is it the year after it was like, it was like nine years ago when we met and we did some filming for, uh, be the ball, the, uh, meditation and golf documentary. I think that was, uh, the tour championship. You're right. You're right. In the Coke tent. In the, we were in the, we were a tent with Coke bottles all over it. And we sat there and we talked about the, the mysteries of life and how they relate to the game of golf. And here I've made a living at it, right? So I was telling Jojo earlier that 
I had dinner with this blind golfer last night. Hi, Bob. And he can see flashes of light sometimes, but sometimes when he's down over a ball, he can only see the ball, which is incredible. I got kind of choked up. You know, I, it's amazing to be with someone who's got such a loving character. And, you know, I don't know what goes behind closed doors, goes on behind closed doors, but he's just, he's just making a lot out of his life. And he can't see. But he's playing golf, and he can see the ball. So I'll follow up on this conversation, but I'm playing golf with him tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Are you, have you ever played with a uh, blind golfer? No. So after we met Bob once, my 18-year-old son said, oh, I could do that. So we blindfolded Noah. Like, seriously. Like, he couldn't. I he, played with Noah, right? He, he was there when we played um, in, in Palm Springs that day. So this is maybe four years after. So we really blindfolded Noah and he parted a hole. Whoa. And you guided him around? I did, but you know, and see, I don't think it's fair because I actually lined him up. That's no, that's that's part of the process. Yeah, I guess so. Was he wearing the blindfold from T to green? Yes. Wow. You know, I was saying uphill putt, twenty feet, yes. little right, and it comes back to the hole. You know, so amazing. Yeah, I mean that that when I was lucky enough to um, play six holes of blind golf on Adventures in Golf, that was more than any other experience I've ever had in my entire life, that was the one time where I felt like I could actually put myself in someone else's shoes. Mm, that's true empathy right there. Yeah, I guess. it was. Isn't that the I mean, definition yeah, would, of empathy? Like putting yourself in someone's shoes, I think. Well, now you're going to make me cry right now. This is not the goal. I mean, maybe it is the goal. The, the, the goal with Julie, what, what is the goal with you? What's the goal? When Jojo asked me, like, what do you not want to be asked? <laughs> I mean, people, it, I'm joking. People say, like, what do you really do? Um, I mean, I can say what the goal for me is personally, or I can say in my career. How do you want me to answer? Well, I guess I want to know, like, at, at, at less, like, even maybe personally or in your career, but just, like, what, what do you want? Like, what's the, what, what are you, what's your goal? Like when you instill it and boil it and boil it and boil it and refine it and refine it and refine it, what is that seed? Now you're going to make me cry. To have a peaceful heart and for the people around me to have a peaceful heart. And what does that mean? Like enjoying the ride, um, knowing themselves, like digging into themselves to see what's blocking them, blocking their energy. I've worked a ton on myself. Doesn't mean I don't like... My family calls me the most impatient person they know. Well, that's not good. <laughs> that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I move fast. I mean, Jojo and I have been joking about it. Like, Chrome is whining. I'm, oh, my God. Yeah. So I'm working on that. And then uh, I'm talking a lot about my kids, so I guess my mother is coming out here. But my daughter, who's a musician, said, said to me, what am I looking for in a partner? Like, what am I really, kind of like what you said, like, go deeper, deeper, deeper. And I said, someone who's willing to grow. Someone who's willing to look at themselves and grow. It, not even necessarily grow. Just be willing to look at themselves. And then the growth usually comes from that. So that's my goal. I hope that doesn't sound too esoteric. 
No, no, it makes complete sense. I mean, um, we have our our kind of mantra here um, at the Random Golf Club headquarters is is we want to live happy lives and make cool shit. And so that kind of is very much the car right next to the the peaceful heart car and the someone who's willing to grow car. So, so far, my experience, just meeting Jojo and being here with you today and even the technology stuff, that's not my thing. It's been a joyful experience. There you go. You're walking the you talk. You brought, you've, <laughs> oh, I can oh, tell boy. you some stories now. <laughs> Jojo's <too>. laughing. <laughs> we, uh, we, we got some talking to do uh, when we're done because we have been just truly trying to re-examine what we do and obviously bigger than that why why we do it um and uh i guess we would like i would like to kind of really get into the the top of the order here which is you took an idea right um which i believe is born out of this concept of living with a peaceful heart and you brought it to a place where um i guess I guess, was it an obvious choice to bring your desires and skills to the game of golf or, or how did that arise? So I, I think you're talking about meditation. Yeah. Um, so I have to go back. So I'd be, you know, like in high school where they, you get the best this or you get the, hopefully you get the best this or that. I got the best smile, okay, for four years. But I would be voted the least likely to be in the golf community. I was a hippie. I hung out on Hate Street. I was a camper, a hiker. I don't know, nothing about golf. And then uh, my husband, Rick, we got married. We went to Big Island, Hawaii, and he said, I got to play golf. It's and he left for six hours. I was like, this is golf? You're leaving for six hours? We just got married. How, how long yesterday. ago was this? When, when did you get married? Uh, 30 years ago. Okay. Wow. So I followed him along and found at least 80 golf balls in the lava. And I thought that was great. I was like, oh, these are so... And I pilot spit on them. And oh my God. And prior to this point, your golf experience was... Pretty no. Zero, one, two. Pretty no. I have have a spiritual teacher. This is too long of a story, but I went with him to (laughs) Egypt and Egypt and we went golfing for nine holes. So I was probably 28. So that's. So so you had played, the only nine holes you had played were in fucking Egypt. Wait, what city? Where? Hold on. In, in, In Cairo? I could text a friend somewhere in Cairo, some desert. I think I have a photo. I think you played at, there's a nine hole course that's closed. That is like at the base of the pyramids. Anyway, uh, amazing. I tried to do that. I I wasn't able to do it, but uh, anyway. Okay. So fast forward to my honeymoon and I, I feel terrible saying this to all you amazing pros at golf courses around the world, but you know, there's kind of like the image of a golf coach who lives in the middle of nowhere, but it's an amazing coach. Right. So this is this guy. His name is Rodney. Hey, Rodney. So Rodney started teaching me how to swing. But at the same time, Rodney was uh, telling me his problems. 
So after a couple of days, my honeymoon, I said to Rodney, listen, because the, the lessons were like 200 bucks. I said, I'll help you with your life and you help me with my golf. And that's how it all started. What is that? You just said, I'll help you with your life and you help me with your golf. What, what is that? What is that? What is that called? That's called empathy. Like I could see his suffering. I could feel it. And I wasn't happy for him. Um, and I felt like I could relieve some like pain he was carrying. I could feel it. And he was giving me so much joy. I really wanted to learn. I was an athlete. It wasn't that hard. And he was teaching me and I was like, I was getting, the balls were getting in the air and I was, I, it was, and he was feeling lighter. Now I'm not going to pretend I was fixing Rodney, but he had never spoken to somebody like that. And we, we carried on for years. He, he no longer helped me with my golf, but I carried on speaking with him. I have no idea where Rodney is. We should get Rodney on the, we should find Rodney, Rodney. Jojo. So what club was he at in, on the Big Island? Um, like 30 miles north of Kona. Let's find Rodney. Uh, how old was he when you met him? He was probably 30-something then. Oh, great. Okay. So the odds are ever in our favor. Um, so your relationship to golf didn't develop around an experience of um, some type of triumph written down with a pencil and a piece of paper. Is that... Is that true? It kind of came, your, your, your seeking came through some other kind of channel or, or goal. Well, I think what you're asking, I mean, for me, there's not a lot that comes with a pencil and a paper. So I'm competitive. I love learning new things. Like during this pandemic crap, I'm learning to play the harp. I'm... Thinking currently? of learning Wait, you're Italian. you're currently working on the harp? The Celtic harp. Oh. Yeah. Um, so golf was just a challenge for me to learn how to play, have something to share with my husband. So post-Rodney, I went to graduate school, knew I was going to do something in the psychology world, graduated, hung up my plaque at an office in New York City, and had my first referral for marriage counseling. These two people, he was a pro, professional golfer, good one, flew to DC for marriage counseling. And she was a professional, you know, you know, these men and women who are professional athletes, the relationships that they're in, the people who are in their lives, it, it, revol it revolves around these people. It's not an easy task to be in relationship with these people. Anybody who's just so consumed with what they do. So anyway, long story short, they got better. They got better. And the pro said, you know what? I, I really like how you're working with me. And he invited me out to a professional tournament, did a practice round, did a Wednesday pro-am. He won that week. That was it. Wow. And then he hired me. He said, let's do this for a year. And I threw out a price. And I said, great. I made business cards. And I actually went back to school to study sports, sports psychology, 
I just kind of finagled a way to do that because there was no such thing as sports psychology degrees. And I would say, I don't even use any of that. And so after this guy won, one of his best friends was a top 10 player. He hired me and that wrote the story. So I bring a lot of my, who I am from my own growth, from my own obstacles in my own life, really present to who I am with. And they just happen to be professional golfers. Now, I'm not saying I'm not doing anything, but that's where it starts. And just to be, uh, just to sort of set the table properly, when you say professional golfers, uh, these are names. We're talking, we're talking, you know, you know who we're talking about. Yeah. I know, you know, this, this podcast, they know this podcast coming out. Um, we are able to announce some names or is that what's, can you, can you uh, drop a few names, Julie? You know, like if you, you what, Google whatever, me, they're whatever. there. How about that? I don't know. We'll, we'll Google figure Julie. that out. I always feel uncomfortable with that. Really? Do you want me to say him? Yeah, you say him. Okay. So before, well, okay, fine. So before I save you, our dear listeners and members of Random Golf Club, the tremendous amount of work of going to Google and typing in Julie Elian. I'll just say, I, I guess the question is, how many majors do they share? Right? I got, I got. I've two. won nine majors. Nine majors. Nine majors. Majors. By the way, majors for the folks that are just tuning into the game of golf in general. A major is the Masters, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, and the oldest golf tournament on earth, the open championship. So you have collectively been working with athletes, golfers who have won nine majors. Yes. At the last Gary one, Woodland. hi Jimmy, oh. the last major, I jumped into my husband's arms. I could not, I, I, I kept saying, did he really just win? Like did, and when I say I won, I mean, I'm so committed to my clients and they know that and they feel that and we're a team and a lot of them have a team around them. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very invested in their being champions. I, I do everything to unravel how they can be champions. So when they are a champion, I've, I'm right there. So excited for you. You're talking about uh, Jimmy Walker at the PGA at the Baltus roll. Yeah. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I was a real Jason Day had already made an indelible imprint on Be the Ball, and so I was kind of wanting Jason oh, to take that one. But anyway, right. I'm glad that you won. I didn't know Jimmy was working with you. That's great. Um, we've also got uh, 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 the most famous lefty on earth, perhaps. We we did, we did. Phil Mickelson. People always ask me, like, what's he really like? Mm. Well, he's been incredible. To my son. And when someone's really good to your son, you never forget it. So forever, he's an incredible person. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I've heard character measured. Uh, how do you treat someone that has nothing to offer you? That's right. Except, wow. Wow. I think about that a lot. I mean, random acts of kindness. I try to do that five times a day. I pay the toll to the person back of me. Wow. I like that. It, always makes me feel better. You know, I'll just, I'll just on a personal note, um, 
think thinking about that kind of how you treat people that don't have anything to offer you you know it's it's very easy in life to get caught up in me right and especially the busier we get uh the more problems that occur it almost begins to um kind of solidify this experience of like me mine my problem my thing and what's really funny is we like lose altitude, I find for me personally. And and I've been going through some pretty uh, challenging situations in my life in the, in the very recent past. And for those of you listening, I I'm okay. I just haven't, um, I haven't really been able to share a lot of it uh, because it's been kind of under um, it's, it's a circumstance that is sort of, I, I don't know how to tiptoe around this one, but, uh, basically there's, there's things happening in my life that I, that I, um, am struggling to kind of deal with. Right. Um, and I can just leave it at that. Um, and what's been really interesting is, is, um, in my process of going to 12 step meetings, it's been, um, more ever so more meaningful to be able to just get back to a non-transactional space. Right. I mean, we create, I think, a world of especially entrepreneurs. I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Julie, but like when you have made your own path, there's a there's a tremendous experience for me that that kind of feels a bit like fear, where uh, there's like a a, a a a snarling mother animal kind of like instinct going on, and love kind of goes to the side, and then we sort of stop growing, which. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to, I just had to say that. So anyway, you want to. So I had a, um, you know, first, uh, all I want to do is like ask you about you, but we're not going to do that now. Um, second, <laughs> um, but that's just my tendency, right? I'm uncomfortable talking about myself. I'd much rather talk about you, but I had a professor and I, I don't want to butcher this. Love is the applic wait no I'm sorry I already butchered it healing is the application of love to the places that hurt oh I love that I found you know what's interesting is I've been do you know David Hawkins yes so I've been reading um I've been reading his uh, book Letting Go and what's been really interesting is similar to golf right like in golf we fear the bogey right? Like we fear the bad shot. We fear the missed putt. There's a tremendous amount of unspoken and to some extent unconscious fear, I think. And I've learned sort of outside of golf, reading this letting go book, I've, I've, I, one, a big thing I took away is you don't need to be afraid of the feelings, right? Cause I was going through a lot of feelings, right? I was going through a breakup and then it was like recently, and then we were getting back together and I was realizing what I had done wrong. And I was realizing potentially mistakes that I had made throughout my life that were of a similar nature. And there's a lot of self-inspection coming in uh, the early parts of December. And then those translated into work adjustments that I, that, you know, I'm kind of going through now. And the concept of being afraid of a feeling was a jaw dropper for me. And, it, and like I said, it, it had a carryover into the game and actually I, 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 I finally broke par last year and the only, I believe reason that I did it is I used a mantra and before I hit the ball, I said, I am okay with wherever this ball lands. I am completely content with wherever you end up. And the idea that, um, 
the outcome as it relates to feelings or self-image or whatever is not scary, it all of a sudden just it it shuts down all of these stupid board meetings that I have in my head about nothing. I have so much to say. <laughs> go, go. You've got 20 minutes. <laughs> First of all, I probably have this is this is not good. But I have probably three clients playing at the waste management that are singing the song from Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. What's the lines? Can we can we play it? I'm going to play it really quick. I, I need to just hear it real quick because I don't know it that well. Just the let it go part. They're literally singing it to themselves. So God forbid they're out loud. <laughs> they're going to all realize that that's... Sometimes I go for a mantra of the day. That's today. Okay, here we go. We're going to play this now. I got the... I got a, Okay, so so wait, how did that how did it come up where they were gonna listen to Let It Go? Does that me, was that your idea? Me, because that sometimes during a week I seem to go on a theme. And the theme this week, it's Thursday, was let it go because that's right. so much golf. You you gotta just like let it go. You gotta let the club go, you gotta let your feelings go, you gotta let your energy go, you you gotta let I do a thing called brain drain. Two hours before they play, they they scribble out what they're worried about and they rip it up. Like, let it go. Let the phone call go. Let let it go. So that was the thing today. So we've been humming it. So we'll see. All right. So I gotta just I gotta listen to it real quick, and, okay. and I'm gonna let everyone else listen. So just give. Let's. You can hear it too. Here we go. Well now. I don't care where that ball's gonna land. Or what they're gonna say. Okay, well, that was, uh, <laughs> that was Let It Go yeah. by uh, Adina Menzel. I mean, she deserves a, she deserves a uh, master's trophy. So, so you're not going to tell me who's, who's humming Let It Go this week? No. You're not. But I you mean, will tell I, me if they I'm, win. I was standing on the range, and if you were there, you would have seen. I just, after all these years... I just realized I get this, and this is this is partly what I do for work. I get a little like this feeling in my solar plexus that something's not right, and that I feel that every time I say a player's name. So I realize, guess what? I'm just not comfortable saying their names, and even if one of them says, "Oh, are you working with them?" I say, "I'm not telling you because I don't tell them about you." Oh, fair enough. Fair My enough. nickname on tour is Stealth. Wait, so TaylorMade stole your uh, code name? Yeah, she, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Stealth. Wait, what a good name because the truth is golfers are not that interested in talking about what they're working on. And, you know, to some extent, it's all trade secret. It's all, it's, you, you are... You are actually a weapon. Actually, you're you're more than you are a stealth bomber. You, people don't want to hand out your number because why would they want someone else to be able to have the same advantage? I they do have? not get referrals from other players usually. You're blood doping. You're doping, but you're legal. Legal. And I can't Mental write the book doping. with all the stories because then I can't show my face. Oh right. So that comes at the end. 
Yeah. And, you know, I do believe like there's a handful of sports psychologists, mental coaches on tour. I'm like probably the one who's been out there. or I don't want to say that. Like Rotel has been there. Mo Pickens has been. There's a lot of people. Since I was trained more in the psychology department, I have a reputation of probably going like deeper and talking about those harder things. So I'm not for everybody. I'm definitely not. I can't help everybody, nor would I want to. But it's a different, it's not sport psych 101. It's human, not even 101, like at least 301. Um, Okay, let's go to a quick break. We'll be right back, everybody. All right, folks, coming at you from the mid-roll. You know what that's like? You're up at 30,000 feet. The lights are off. The flight attendant comes out with the little tray, and she bumps your knee. And you're like, I was sleeping over here. And she's like, do you want the smallest bag of dry pretzels with no salt ever and a tiny portion of water? And you're like, please, please, please. Anyway, mid-roll. We're coming at you with Decade Golf. Our current podcast sponsor is used by the best pros in the biz. Zalatoris, DeChambeau, and Stuart Sink. Check out his head for dealing with course management, folks. And the deal with course management is that if you're not managing the course, the course is managing you. And let's face it, none of us want real jobs. So go get Decade. Manage the course. Play like a pro. You like it. You love it. Head over to Decade Golf. Decade.golf, not Decade.com. Decade.golf. That's a pretty good URL. I wish we had gotten random.golf. Missed the boat on that one, didn't we, folks? Uh, There's not a promo code. You don't need to type my name into anything except, what's it called? Trust Builder? Trust Pilot. (laughs) If you're a fan of Policy Genius, I'm doing a crossover ad, folks. (laughs) Check out Decade. Scott will get your game right, and your golf game will thank you. As I will, because the truth is, we love to support the brands that support us over at Random Golf Club Radio. So, Decade and Scott Fawcett, y'all are legends. So, Main takeaway here is if you ever go out on the golf course and feel like an asshole, Decade will make you feel a little bit less so. And uh, check it out, Decade.golf. Thanks, Scott. All right, folks. So welcome back. Julie, I want to get into – look, the facts are this episode is literally uh, a a speck of dust in a room filled with – farm animals. Okay. We have so much to cover and we'll never get there. One of the things that I really want to let everyone know about is the project that we're working on together that, uh, I'm really excited about how, um, how are you feeling about, uh, golf line? I'm so psyched. So one of my all time favorite shows is car talk. I still listen to car talk. I mean, I remember having these shitty little cars and I'd be 23, living in Amherst, Massachusetts. I had a Lancia, okay? And I'd listen to car talk. You know, they would make these funny noises and they'd be hysterical and, oh my God, but they were so heartfelt. I just, I still listen to car talk. So my vision of golf line, I got to say, I have that in my head. You know, like genuine, like real questions, real stories, but gosh, uplifting people. Making, you so know, for the, yeah, we'll teach something, but I want them to leave feeling better. 
So for the people listening uh, who don't know what Car Talk is, uh, what's the format? What are we? What, what's the show? What's the what's the basis of Golf Line? Well, Car Talk. I don't even. I don't think they're still doing it. I don't know if you guys know, but um, it was just. I I'm gonna. I don't even remember their names, but they they just bounce off problems with people's cars. People 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 can be on the side of the road or stuck in their driveway or. And I assume Golfline will have a, a, that same kind of feeling. And what's happening to me when I like start falling asleep, I'm either hitting golf shots in my head, but now I'm thinking of guests. I'm who, who would be like great on this show? So, Like as a co-host or as a call-in? Call-in. So because basically Golfline is, uh, is bringing Julie's insight her skills, uh, her, her uh, tremendous amount of case studies, basically, with the best golfers in the world um, and and regular golfers and apparently married couples. I didn't know that. I should have called you back uh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was going to say, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed some help. Um, it's not too late. And, and so it's not, it's I, not too late. I've, I read Conscious Uncoupling after we got a divorce, which was, you know, I was told you can do that. Well, I'm glad you didn't um, read it before. You... <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. She's like, what are you reading? I'm like, yeah, nothing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we, um, we're going to make a show on Random Golf Club Radio where Julie is going to basically be fielding um, – questions from everyone listening to this and everyone out there who says I've got a problem with golf and I think it the call is coming from inside my own head um so that's what we're going to try to break down and um I uh I'm so pumped for it it just and again it was cool too because we were talking about give you some behind the scenes about this is you know um we know that what we seek to create, which is what we are, is we're creators. We like to make things. And those things have three things in common all the time. They are either entertaining, they're either educational, or they're inspirational. And I'm really excited to watch this show, Golf Line, become all three all the time. Um, and, and it just came up so organically. We didn't come to you and say, we've got this idea. You didn't come to us and say, we've got this idea. I, I just said, I want to make a show. Julie would, Julie's got it. Like, it's in there. Um, and, and it just sort of happened. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's, you know, you can see I'm stumbling on who I can talk about and we'll figure that out. There's ways, there's ways around it. I remember I was giving a talk at a country club in Bethesda, Maryland, and somebody said to me, what's Sergio really like? And, you know, I, 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 I didn't say I know Sergio. I just, this is my experience. So I find ways, I find ways. So we'll figure that out. But I, you know, we, human nature, we have so many touch points that are the same experience. So, and I think it's one of the reasons my business has worked is we're all the damn same. Like our hearts want the same things, you know? So it doesn't yeah. matter who we're talking about. So. I can't wait for you to give the same advice to a 20 handicap and a plus two. I can't wait to the same show. I can't wait to. So uh, how, how is, uh, who's, is, is Jojo going to be your co-host or is he going to be a facilitator? How is that going to work? I think Jojo's going to be my co-host. I hope. 
I'm trying to get JoJo more airtime over here, basically. <laughs> We've come so far since when you wouldn't even give me a mic. <laughs> <laughs> now you got a mic and you're co-hosting a show with Julie. I, I cannot wait. Like, I, I, I really am just... So if you're listening to this and you want to get involved, just email golfline at randomgolfclub.com. We don't have that email address yet, but we will by the time you hear this. Um, do we have that? We were thinking... What if we had a phone number, 1-800-G-L-F-L-I-N-E, 1-800-GOLF-LINE? Oh, my God. And you can leave a message? One, you can leave a message, and two, that's what you call into the show on, 1-800-GOLF-LINE. Okay, 1-800-GOLF-LINE. Can we get that? Yeah, we'll get that. Let's get that today. Um, Or you can email golfline at randomgolfclub.com, and we can set up a call with you when uh, when Julie and JoJo are live. Julie and JoJo. Oh my goodness. Julie and Jojo. This is great. I, and, I am just I so excited. To, I have to plug my daughter's band because Oh, please. The band's name is Overcoats. My daughter's name is Hannah. But the other woman is JJ. Jane J. Julie Jojo. I don't know. I just had to oh. I had to go there for a second. So when you tune into Golfline, you will hear Hannah and JJ's uh, track called Fire and Fury from Overcoats. This is great. It's all in the family. Um we we um my son has a startup do i have a second please please is it bitcoin <laughs> what is it <laughs> what's an nft no joke. exactly it's called a non-flushable turd it's called loved l-o-v-d and it buys and sells used shit in new york it's kind of like ebay and they pack it and deliver it and get it to you fast oh, i love that and it's all local it's all local startup he's got 10 people working for him got good money and you know we're all in the recycling because we're trying to save the planet so why buy new that. shit we're, we're launching a vintage collection soon on the random golf club shop where we uh found some awesome vintage golf finds and we're going to offer them uh so one-off pieces kind of cool yeah so i totally love that i love that we should uh totally love that. well jojo make a note i have a great cypress story about vintage don't you just love that club. yeah go for it like i want to hear what about me i want to yeah, hear yeah it. okay well, you could tune into Golfline, you know, Eric. <laughs> hey, oh, she's already plugging. I love it. All right. Well, we'll save that for Golfline. I kind of want to get more into uh, Julie, Julie, Julie. So you basically, um, you started, right? You, you, the, 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 the birth of the concept was very much the universe presenting you merely with an equation that you saw easy to solve, right? You said, I do, I can do you, you can do me. And then all of a sudden now you're, you know, you're coaching, you know, the best in the world. Um, what has been for you, um, the point when you went from being like, I think I can do this to being like, this is my calling. So I had chronic, uh, I had bad Lyme disease. Oh goodness. That is terrible. Yeah. We, we might want to talk about that some not about me, but just it needs more info out in the world. But anyway, um, so I came to this point in my life. I got better, but I had little kids. And it's like, God, how do you deal with a chronic illness and live your best life ever? It's not easy. There's a lot of people living with chronic illness. And at the same time, I had five top 10 PGA Tour players knocking on my door. So I literally made two business cards. This was back when they had business cards, like sports psychology, mental coaching for golfers, uh, chronic illness, life coaching, how to balance 
you know, pain and, you know, it was so obvious for me that I had to go the happier direction because I had just been sick. So I never turned back and I made everything about athletes. I also worked with some other sports, mostly golf, but the NBA, the local team in DC, the Wizards, the Mystics, WNBA players. Uh, I have some uh, football. I've had some quarterbacks. I've had some pitchers, mostly golf, but it's all the same. You know, uh, I read an article yesterday about curling and putting and the similarities or free throws and putting and the mental state inside and a mantra, like you said, Eric. So I don't know. I don't, I, I feel like I don't talk about myself much, but I do feel that people feel heard and seen when they work with me and they trust me. And that alone, just to have somebody who holds tenderly what's going on inside of you, it just starts there. And I've, please God, I've never had someone not feel that. I'm sure there's a story out there, but like I said, I can't help everybody, nor do I want to, but people feel that with me. And that's, that's really what it's all about. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to imagine, uh, do you, do people call you a coach? I've been called a lot of things. (laughs) Right. But what are you? You're not a coach. Hey coach. Hey doc. But what are you? What are you most like? Right. What are you most like? You just described holding space for somebody. And that sounded to me, because I'm thinking like mother, I'm thinking like uh, sage. Yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking kind of like, um, like uh, you're almost like a, you're like um, a pillow that provides rest and, and like, and like rejuvenation. I don't know. What is it? So mothering qualities are, hopefully you have a mother that's all about the child, right? You know, how do I comfort the child? It's not about comforting herself. It's about comforting the child. Um, And yet the mother has to take care of themselves so that they can comfort the child. One of the things I often say is put the ox, when you're on a plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself first so that you can help the person next to you. So I'm really into self-care, but I do have a lot of mothering energy, but I do not think of my clients as kids because if I go there, then I'm saying, I don't know, there's some kind of connotation that they're incapable. And I mirror to them that they have all the tools necessary to live a happy life, to be a good friend, good partner, and to be great at their sports. We, and part of our work is to kind of unravel what might be blocking them. And it's, right. you know, it's a, uh, it's a process. It's not, it's not overnight. It's not a bandaid. Most of my clients, we try a few sessions and then they say they're in, I make them sign a one year contract and it's never one year. It's three to five. So I don't have a high turnover rate <laughs> and you know, my daughter's a musician. I, I, it's not that different. Like it's, it, it's just, you know, we're all on a, on a path. And, you know, back to one of your first questions, meditation's been 
really a part of my practice and in my own life. And it's thrown around a lot these days, like, you know, oh, I meditate. Oh, I meditate. One thing that I've started to do and one of my spiritual teachers taught me to do, and I'll just pass this on. If you're going to sit down and meditate, whatever that looks like for you, one of the things I love to do is think of something or somebody or the best golf shot in the world or your puppy, something that opens your heart, like some, something you love and just like breathe that in and then meditate. I have, um, meditation came into my life through golf, through Zen golf, uh, you know, Dr. Parent's book and, uh, great book. And to some extent that's was the beginning of finding you eventually, um, right shortly after that and, and really developing what I thought was going to become a golf documentary, which I'm, I'm still told that it's coming out. So we're working on that, finishing that up. But, um, you know, my life was changed, uh, distinctly, right. By finding the game and then finding that the game had, um, the ability to teach you things that you didn't learn in school. Um, and, Further, if you don't go to school, it's very hard to learn those things in school. <laughs> so, but it's it's been an interesting ride for me. I think about a lot of those kind of. It, it, I I I don't dwell on the past, but I do frequently go back and look at um. Kind of the turns, and the random right. Random is the name of this of this thing we've created a random golf club and and the idea is that you never know who you're going to meet. And so be awake to that and be awake to the concept that your life can change at any moment. And you really don't get to control it uh, as much as you try. <laughs> what, what, what I'm curious to ask you kind of and, and hear about is um, when you think about that, I know you're a spiritual person and we've spent time together with some of your colleagues on your spiritual path. Um, how do you define the random? How do you define the, some people call it, um, you know, uh, destiny. Some people call it determinism. Some people call it fate, but the random quality of it all, how do you define that? Gosh, there's so many ways to answer. When you first said random, Back to Jimmy Walker, you know, he does this astrophotography. I don't know, you might want to look that up, but you know, when you, I'm in Palm Springs right now, and when you look at the desert sky, it feels random. So I was trying to, I was trying to define random. I almost grabbed my phone to look up what random means. Um, the other day, I was playing golf with a, a guy who's Norwegian, he lives in. I think he lives in Oslo and he has a farm in up country Norway somewhere. And he was telling me a story that he had a big job. I don't remember. CEO of a tech company, I think. And him and his wife decided at 55, they were going to retire. And he said, and we did. He was like 65 and he was playing golf on this great public golf course out here, great swing, great guy. And they did it. Okay. So a lot of people talk the talk, but this guy walked the talk and he, I don't know, it really was interesting for me because I do think about that. 
um, like how long I'm going to do this and what's work and what's play. And, you know, and then another way to answer that is I think, oh, I said something about this kind of feeling in my solar plexus. That can be a good thing too. Like I feel that's confirmation that I'm on the right path. And I, I use that in my work. Like, are you making the right decisions for yourself? What do you want? What is your purpose? What, you know, and we try to unravel that. And when you said going back in your past, Eric, one of the things that I find in my work is a lot of people hold unconscious messages that they were raised with from a parent, from a teacher, good and bad. And at the time, they might, those messages might have worked. But as we age and we're adult, and we're, we still might be living by these unconscious messages, but they're not working for us anymore. And I know you want an example. I can't think of one right now, but I'll get back to you on it. But like, I find that a lot with myself. Like, uh, so part of my work and one's work, if they want to do it, is try to, you know, who said an unexamined life is not worth living? Who was that? Einstein? Um, I just really believe we go back and we get to know ourselves and we dig and we try to find if we're not living true to our own heart. And, you know, you hear all these podcasts and gurus and writers say, like, live true to your heart. But what does that really mean? So. I don't know how that answers random. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it's a, a huge question. And in some sense, yeah, I mean, I, I relate to everything you said. I mean, that's definitely, uh, you know, kind of throwing it at you at the end of the podcast was, was, a, <laughs> was a cheap shot. Um, yeah. I, well, you know, I kind of feel inside right now. And I think that's important. Like sometimes I start with my clients, like you can tell me your story of the week or your round or, but what do you feel right now? And right now I feel kind of melancholy and touched that we have, we kind of went deep here. So right now I feel grateful. I feel the same. I, I actually, you know what I'd love to do, Julie? Do you have 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, let's end this fucking podcast. Everyone get ready for golf line. Julie, uh, I'm going to call you and we're going to talk offline. Okay. Um, Thank you for joining, and uh, I'm I'm just so thrilled to present you to our community of members and and get them um, something that they can't find that doesn't really exist out there in, in the way I've seen it, and and we feel like we have a really original idea that um, you know I, I I am just so excited for everyone to to get to hear you work with people um, in real time. Not to mention I wear your yellow hat when I met the Norwegian. I love it. it, it yeah, what, it, the, yeah the, uh, that, that's a fun conversation always to have. A, to have is, oh, yeah, this is the thing. This is what I'm, this is what I'm into. This is how I play. But uh, thank you, Julie, for your time today. And, and uh, well, truthfully, I'm looking forward to talking to you in about 10 seconds. So I'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone.